This is the Wild Sensitive Souls podcast, where we hold space for grief. In this space, we reclaim our grief as holy, as sacred, as deeply valid. I'm your host, Lisa Nagel, and I deeply believe that grief invites us in. That grief invites us into feeling and knowing even deeper levels of love, of hope, of possibility and magic. In this season of the podcast, we'll be talking about being highly sensitive, about pressure and perfection when it comes to grief, and about finding magic and hope on this journey. And truly, Bright Soul, I'm so glad that you're here. Hello there, Bright Soul, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. And before we talk about today's topic, that's all about magic and how magic can really help us move with our grief and heal our grief, I want to invite you. This past weekend, I tuned in to hear and feel and see what wanted to be created next. And the most beautiful thing came to mind, came to my vision. And it was this free nine-day experience for tender hearts. So that's what I want to invite you to. And I'm calling it Making Grief Touchable. So really, this is for you. If your grief, your loss, your sorrow have ever felt abstract, kind of surreal, intangible, really untouchable. And this is for you if you've been feeling the invisible presence of grief in your life, but you can't really put a finger on what exactly you're grieving. It's still for you. And if you don't know where you are in your grief journey, or if you are experiencing anticipatory grief, or if you haven't tended to your grief or your sorrows in a while, this is also for you. And really just know that you don't have to come to this experience with a certain specific thing that you're grieving um, in order to really love this and in order for it to be beneficial for you. And really, I truly believe that we all are deserving of this special, exquisite, loving and tender care whenever we have a feeling of grief arrive in our lives. And which is why I created these nine invitations. This is a nine-day journey to deeper self-compassion and embodied care. And really what I want you to know is that this isn't a challenge. It's not another thing that adds noise to your to-do list. But instead, it's nine gentle pathways into softness, into alchemy, and into tending to your sorrow. It's an invitation into healing and in a really doable and perfect and human way. You can find out all the details and join us at bit.ly forward slash touchable grief or you can also go to wildsensitivesouls.com and find it under the tab free grief event and I'm also going to put these links in the show notes and I can't wait to see you there and to connect heart to heart with you. Okay, so let's turn to magic and why it's essential to healing and to being with our grief. And first of all, when I'm talking about magic, what I'm talking about is crystals, oracle cards, rituals, 
energy healing work, animal medicine, like all that kind of stuff. And I know that magic or that the word magic can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And I really want to honor that. But I want to let you know that these are kind of the things that I'm talking about today when I refer to it as magic. And so I use magic as a touchstone in my own life and when I journey with clients as well. And I find it so fascinating and interesting to see the way the medicine and the magic changes from the beginning, from when we're really in that thick of it, like the part that is just so, so painful, to the middle, to the time when we begin riding the waves of grief instead of always being in an ocean of grief. And I believe that magic can be used in different ways for everybody and that not every and all magic will work for everyone. And so I really want to encourage you to find out what works for you. If you're new to magic or if you're just never really experienced magic in that sense or where you felt like that was really something that could be helpful, I'd love to encourage you to really follow your curiosity, to follow and do the first thing that comes to your mind when you think magic, when you think the word magic, what comes to mind? Is it crystals? Is it going outside? Is it getting Reiki? Whatever it is, really just follow that curiosity and trust that this intuitive hit that you're getting is really worthy of being heard and that it's going to lead you where you need to go. And if you feel you're not getting an intuitive hit, it could also be something that you read anywhere, somewhere, and it resonates and you feel a sense of, ah, oh, yeah, that's right, I want to try this. And really just follow that and allow your, yourself to follow that call towards magic. My favorite magical tools throughout my own grief journey have been crystals and rituals. Rituals have been such a fundamental part of my healing, of how I was able to process my divorce, the tender losses of my loved ones, and rituals were kind of the connecting bit that helped me integrate my inner experience and also see it and feel it in relation to the outer world, everything that was going on around me. And so today, I want to share a ritual with you that you can do in your own time whenever you're ready and you'll just know when you're ready and when this will feel aligned and when it's not. It's super simple and I just really find it to be so transformational and that it can really make ourselves, our tears, feel less wasted. And I call it the Holy Tears Ritual. So you can do this um, at a specific time that you said. You can do it with the full moon, new moon, whatever feels right. You can do it by candlelight. But you can also just do it whenever you feel your tears coming. All you need is a small bowl of water. To really make it super simple, just have a small bowl of water. And so whenever you feel your tears coming, I encourage you to not wipe them away but to know and really respect them as this divine and sacred expression of your grief and to instead use your fingers to gently wipe them and place your tears that are on your finger on your fingertips into the small bowl of water 
I know this sounds so insignificant, like what's that gonna do? But what I've really noticed from people telling me about their experiences with this ritual is that by releasing your tears into the water, the water itself feels very different, feels like this holy place, this sacred water. It now carries that energy, the courage, the tenderness, the truth of this moment, of your moment, of your tears, of your journey in that moment. And what I love to do with my holy water is to either water my plants or to put it in a bottle and carry it with me into the forest and releasing it either into the stream or watering some plants or some trees there if that feels aligned. And this is really so simple and it really is kind of a reminder that you are part of the circle of life, that your tears give life, they nourish and that they're not wasted, that you're not crying just water, but that you are crying holy water, that you are crying something sacred, that your tears are holy and sacred, that they're worthy and deserving of attention and respect. And so this is really something that I always love to do and it feels really special and gentle and doable. And so really do this or leave it if it feels totally not aligned, but really do this in your own time whenever it feels right and trust that you'll know where to put this holy water, where to put the sacred water and what you want to nourish with that water. I also wanted to mention a few crystals that have helped me during my grief journey that have helped clients of mine and again here. As I always say, please use your own discernment if it feels good. If these feel good and if these don't feel good, really go with your heart and your gut and know that you will choose the right crystals. You really can't get this wrong. And so one of my favorites of all time is a rhodonite. And a rhodonite can really help heal old stories, old trauma around loss. It can help really soothe our nervous systems. It can help ground us and bring us back to the present moment. And as everyone probably says, rose quartz is so good for heart healing. So if your heart's just been aching and aching and it's been so painful, place a rose quartz on your heart and just see what changes and just hold it there for a moment, really allowing yourself to sink into the healing vibrations of the crystal. I also love using onyx or black obsidian for protection because we're really vulnerable and it's a tender space. It's a tender season of life and it can feel really good to have a tool, a crystal that can kind of energetically protect us a bit. And then the last one I like to use is a smoky quartz for grounding and for really remembering the earth beneath our feet especially when we're in those moments and times when we're feeling we're floating. We are not fully here. We're dissociating. We're numb. And so these are my little magic tools that I wanted to share with you today. I know this episode is a little bit shorter, but I am preparing everything for the nine-day grief experience. And I'd love for you to join me. And I'd love it if you felt encouraged and you gave yourself permission to take really tender care of your grief. We start on January 25th, 2019. 
So you have time until then to join us and sign up and I can't wait to see you there. And until then, I'm sending you so, so much love and comfort. You've got this. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. If it's doable for you today, please leave a review so that more people can find the podcast. It really would mean the world. Thank you. I've also got a free gift for you, a guidebook to help you remember that your grief is truly holy. There's practices, tools, and ritual suggestions you can lean on right away. You can find it at wildsensitivesouls.com. If you have any questions you'd like me to answer about grief, write to me at lisa at wildsensitivesouls.com. <laughs>